Welcome to Belfast City Vineyard, where we are pursuing formation in the presence of Jesus, community gathered around Him, and the impact He empowers us to bring in our families, city, and the world. The following message was given at one of our Sunday services. For more information, visit our website at BelfastCityVineyard.com. Thank you. Um, we really want to just take a few minutes and celebrate our mothers. But before we do that, um, I just wanted to say that um, as well as celebrating, I know that this morning is acutely hard for some people. Um, there are some of, of us who maybe have longed to be a mum and we're not. Um, and so this morning might feel even more sad than happy for you. And some of us are grieving as well because we've lost our parents and we've, maybe we've lost a mother. And today we're just remembering her and that's a really hard thing. So we do really want to celebrate our mums here who are doing an absolutely incredible job. But we just want to acknowledge that this day brings different things for different people. Um, and we just want to say as a church that we're with you um, and we support you and we love you. So um, we have a little group as well um, that meet regularly to pray for families who would love to have a baby. So if that's you, um, if you want to find me at the end or Cathay Burnside, we would love to pray with you and add your name to our prayer list as well. Okay, so can I ask you to stand if you are a mother um, in any capacity? <laughs> We have a few not mothers standing. <laughs> Mums, grandparents, all right. And if you're standing near someone who's a mother, maybe you could just reach out your hands, lay hands on them, and we're going to just pray and bless them because our mothers are incredible in this community and we acknowledge that they do um, a really, really awesome job of parenting their little ones. So let's pray. Yeah, Jesus. First of all, I want to pray for... Um, for some of the people here who today is really hard, I pray that you would bless them and honour them and come really close to them. But we want to lift up these mums now, mothers in our community. And we say to you mothers that you are celebrated in this place this morning. You do a really awesome job. And we honour you and we respect you and we think that you're wonderful. And I just pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would come and increase your presence on our mothers today. I pray that you would equip them for everything that you've placed in front of them. We acknowledge it's not always easy to parent our children. There are highs and there are lows. Um, but I want to thank you for faithful mums who walk the path of praying for their children and helping them understand what it looks like to come close to you and live life in the kingdom. I just declare over the mums here, you know your children better than anyone else. You know how to pray for them. Even on your bad days, you are God's best mother for your children. You're the best person positioned to pray for them. And I just pray, um, Jesus, that you would release confidence in the hearts of our mothers, that they would know that they are God's best plan for their children. I just pray for us as a church now that you would help us gather around and support these mums. I pray for us all, help us as a church position these mothers for success. I just pray finally that this would be a season of huge blessing and favour on our mums, a season in which they would be celebrated and which they would see the answer to years and years of prayers for their children. I just pray that you would bless them and we honour them today. Amen. Thank you.
Rachel. I'm getting prayed for. It's good. <laughs> You'll have to finish later. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Solid. Oh, guys, I'd like to introduce to you Rachel Turner. Um, who, yeah, give her a cheer. Rachel is a woman who is, without maybe some of you realising, a huge influence to our church. Um, the way we teach our children to pray um, is based on a lot of Rachel's teaching and things that we've learned from sitting under her teaching. Um, and she's just, in this time, God's really anointed her um, to see what he's doing um, across the generations and over parents as well as children. And we're really, really excited to have her here this morning. Apart from anything else, she's hilarious. <laughs> Lower um, expectations. And... Mildly entertaining. <laughs> Mildly entertaining. <laughs> You're a laugh. All right. So we're so happy to have her here. Um, and let me pray for you. Please. Oh, Jesus, I want to thank you for Rachel coming here today. I want to bless her as a mum too, that she's um, not with Caleb this morning, but here with us instead. And I just pray that um, you would just um, give them an increased blessing this afternoon when they're back together again. I just pray you'd anoint her words um, and the message that she has to bring to us this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, I got the, I am away from my family this weekend, uh, and so I got the best Mother's Day gift anyone could have, 11 hours of solid sleep. (laughs) Oh yeah, look at me, I haven't looked like this in years. (sighs) The world is bright and clear all of a sudden. Uh, Right. I was going to start with a funny story, but I think I'm just going to leave. No, I'll do one. This has nothing to do with anything, uh, but just to let you know a little bit about me and to get used to the accent. Normally I have to talk a little bit. The accent, as you're hearing, is Southern California with living in England for 16 years. So a bit of Welsh in there. But it all, sweet with And... Uh, <laughs> Then also, as a teenager, as a teenage Irish American, I then decided to teach myself Irish Gaelic. So I can also say Dirish Kunasatatu. I know, I know. Uh, you are in awe of me. Uh, anyways, uh, the other day, this is that is not my funny story. Uh, the other day, I was um, I met. Um, I was speaking at the National, the Vineyard National Leaders Conference, not like in any sort of capacity, but like in a corner somewhere. And uh, I, uh, I met Mike Pilavachi. <laughs> oh my goodness, do you know who Mike Pilavachi is? He is the head of Soul Survivor. He stands on the stage in front of thousands of people. And I remember as a young youth leader, I was like 24 or something I went, and he was this little tiny man far, far away. And he led ministry and I was like, oh, I would love to like carry that authority and stuff. I'm Mike Pilavachi. So they gave us this most lush room ever where you can like sit in a room with like two couches and be like, I'm a speaker. And so I went in and Mike Pilavachi was in there and I was like, whoa. And I sort of froze. So I sort of like scooched onto the side and just sort of like stood there up against the wall because I didn't know what to do. I was trying to get cool, but like I'm not like Mike Pilavachi. And, uh, and I thought, oh, and he has shaped so much of like how I minister and just, you know, how you wait for the spirit. Now, like he has shaped so much of me. And I thought I can't leave without like talking to Mike Pilavachi. So I like go, and, and there was this one moment where we were on our way home from Soul Survivor and I saw him sitting at a table in Chiquitos and he was all alone, like looking exhausted. And I remember looking at him and thinking, 
gosh, it really is just one person with God. Like they're not, they're not anyone more than someone who eats a chiquitos on the way home. And I remember God talking to me about how tired he was and how God was just debriefing him and that there's always this moment after something big where just God and you go away and debrief what he did in your life. And I was just, he was so much. And I thought, I'm, I didn't want to tell him. Like now, whenever I speak, I take myself, me and God out to eat. And uh, I just talk to God and I ask him what his process, and we debrief because of this moment. So I thought, I'm gonna do this with Mike Pilavache. So I walk up, he's doing something, and I completely forget that he's like two minutes to go for his session. So I interrupt his final moments with Jesus to be like, excuse me, I have something I want to say. And so I poke my way into his life, and I go, Mr. Pilavachi, Mike, Mike, Miss, Miss Pilavachi. He's like, yes. And, and I was like, I just want to let you know that, and all of my words left me, like, Phew! and I was like, um, that once I saw you eating at Chiquito's, <laughs> And I was like, wow, I can do that. And you've, you've been like a real inspiration to me in my leadership. And, and, now, and now I feel confident to eat on my own. Thank you for your leadership. And he like, he looks at me and he goes, so because of everything I've done over the last 20 years, you can go out to eat by yourself? And I was like, yes, sir. And he's like, well, thank you for the encouragement. And I'm like, and then, because I don't know, I go, thank you. And I, <laughs> and I thought that, that was my moment with Mike Pilavachi. I bet in his debrief with God, he was like, wow, Jesus, I feel so encouraged by that random woman. <laughs> who now, because of all of the sacrifice, blood, and tears that I put into this ministry, can eat by herself. <laughs> Anyways, it never really works out the way you think. Uh, but uh, I got the opportunity to do it. We locked eyes. I got some of his anointing I could just feel coming. So high expectations for today. Anyways. Today, we're talking about worship. See, I told you I had nothing to do with that story. Um, which I'm really excited about because you've been on the journey like many churches about, about what we do um, with the kids and, and, and do we worship together, do we not worship together? And, and there's something I felt that I, I wanted to bring to just sort of shape it all for us because I believe that we as a church, there's something special, like a, a special blessing, a special gift that God has for us when we're all together. And I wanna say that this isn't just about the kids, this is about the all-togetherness of church. And whether that's about age, or whether that's about gender, or whether that's about um, different neurotypical ways, whether that's about how we're physically different, whether that's about our backgrounds, you know, welcoming Americans into the fold. Uh, whatever it is, there's something about the togetherness of community that I find really powerful. Because we were designed to be together all ages, all stages, all different things. And I think we forget that sometimes. So as soon as we were made, we were together no matter what we were like. And if you look at all of the, the wonderful things that God did throughout the history of people, all of us were together. God made people together, babies came, and when God did this massive thing called the Exodus, when God's people were chosen, he chose them as a family together. When they went down to Egypt, they went down to Egypt together. When he went to rescue them out of slavery, he called them out of Egypt together. There wasn't like 
a children's exodus where they had like extra craft in the corner and, uh, and special balloons and flags. When they left slavery after 400 years in one big mush of people, they came out proclaiming God. When they hit the wall of the river of the, the Red Sea or the lake, whatever you feel it is, uh, everyone has their own theological approach, uh, whatever that was, when they came to the barrier, they were all terrified together. When they saw God deliver them, they did it side by side together. When they wandered in the desert and they finally entered the promised land, the children weren't in some crash on the side. The children were with them. When they marched around the walls of Jericho, they were there, trudging in the desert, probably mildly complaining with their eyes, along with everybody else who were walking around the cities, the city going over and over and over again. When they declared with one voice the shout of God, they did it, adults and kids, Old people, side by side, they shouted and they saw God move in power as the walls of the enemy fell. When they moved into their new land and people came against them in Sennacherib, there was a king called Jehoshaphat and everyone was really freaked out because he was coming to like kill everybody. And so he called everybody, it says babies and children and adults, they called them all together and they said, we've got to worship. And it says the whole assembly, adults, children, everybody stood in front of God and say, God, what are you going to do? We're going to die. And it says they all stood there and then it says they all fell on their faces. Babies, children, women, men, adults, old people. They all fell on their faces together and then God prophetically spoke. Side by side, over and over. Throughout history, they got taken away in exile. They paid the price of their sin together. They came back into the land together. They rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. It says Nehemiah came and and it lists all these people and families. And some people did it with their daughters. And they all rebuilt the wall next to their home together. Over and over and over. Children alongside adults, alongside old people, alongside people from wherever they came through, saw and experienced God together. They wept when they read the word together. They read the Bible for the first time and people are like, what is this thing? And it was children weeping alongside adults, alongside babies, alongside old people weeping. Jesus comes along and four of the disciples were not on kids duty. (laughs) He went on a hill and he preached to everybody together. None of them would have eaten had one boy with his food not been there so that they could break it up and feed the 5,000. Over and over, we see children together. Paul, in the New Testament, when he was writing after Jesus ascended to heaven, after that, Paul was writing to these churches and he addresses children in it. He's talking to parents, parents do this, children do this. He was addressing children because he knew they would be in the room when the letters were read. Children were together. Throughout all of church history, up until the 1900s, we were all together. And then around the 1950s, something shifted. When we look forward in time, after we all die, where Jesus comes again, and we are standing before the throne room, I do not think there's going to be a kid's room. I think we're all gonna be together. Because we've been made to be together. And there's something powerful about that because if that's how we're made, then that's where the biggest blessing is. If that's how we're made, that's how it's gonna work best. If that's how we're made to be together, then that's where the biggest joy is. And so when we talk about bringing the kids in for worship, when we talk about being alongside together, 
I know some of us die a little inside. Some of us go, oh, I will not get to worship. Some of us go, that's going to be frustrating. Some of us think that's going to be amazing. But I want to assure you, it isn't because it's the newest wave of what church can be. It's a restoration of who we have been made to be. Does that make sense? Good. Point one. Tick. (laughs) The second thing I'm going to now read to you from a passage that you may know. Because the second thing is this. We actually need each other. I'm going to read to you from 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 27. If you've uh, been a Christian for a while, you may know it already. This is about the body of Christ. Uh, If you're new to this or haven't even become a Christian, that is okay. I'm going to read it to you and you can just listen, so don't worry. It's a letter from someone um, whose job it was to go around and encourage Christians. And he was teaching them something about being together. And he decided to use an analogy, a way of saying it's sort of like this. And so he uses the word Christ, which means Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 27. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we all were baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. So we're saying we're all together whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, whatever you are. Sorry, when I do a different voice, that means I'm sort of adding to it. I apologize. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So he's saying we've all been put together. If we've come to Jesus, we've all been put together to be one body. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't know why it's all of a sudden very American Southern, but evidently that's what ears are. Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? For me, I think if the whole body was adults, where the sense of fun be? Where would the sense of, there's so much. What are we missing? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. I want to pull out a couple of things right there. One, we instantly start thinking adults and kids. And I want to say that you are more than just an adult. You are a multifaceted, wonderful human being who has been made in the image of God and are different than each other. This isn't just about adults and kids. This is about the uniqueness of you being powerful in community with us. And kids are the same. They're unique, multifaceted people. Some of them love fun. Some of them are the most serious people you will have ever met. But they are individuals who have been put together as part of the body of Christ and we need them. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. I mean, look at the appendix. I mean, I don't know what that does, but man, it can kick up a fuss. (laughs) And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable... We are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to those that lack it, 
so there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. And I believe that in many of our churches, we have have said to some individuals within our church, we love you, we value you, we think you are brilliant, we want you to grow to know and love God, but we don't need you. And I think, I think sometimes some individuals within our congregations have learned that because they're not needed, they feel like they don't need us. And, and I want our kids to look at every adult in this room and say, I need you in my life. I need to learn from you and I can see something of myself in you and something of God in you. And I want us to be able to look at the kids and say, we need you. Because everyone who walks through our doors, no matter who they are, we want them to feel loved and needed and seen and used as part of the body and powerful in this community. And that counts all the way down to brand new babies who are here for the first time. What would it be like if everyone, no matter what their age, was greeted saying, we are a richer part of a community. We see a greater sense of who God is because we are all together and you have added something wonderful to us. We need you to be the fullness of you here. And what if every one of us felt that? There's something wonderful about us coming together to worship. It's like when you get the whole family together. If you're missing one or two bits, you're like, it's fun, it's wonderful, but, but there's something extra special about the full family coming together to do stuff. It brings with it its own challenges, but it also brings together its own special joy. And when we worship together, there is something wonderful. But as kids, particularly, they may need some help. But also, as people who are new to this, we may need some help. Because not everybody knows how to worship. That's a skill. I don't know if any of you, how many of you came into a church when you were older, like when you were an adult? You became a Christian and you had to figure out how to do church, like as an adult. Can you raise your hand? Right, good. Put your hands down. It is not easy. You're coming in, a whole bunch of people are singing karaoke and <laughs> you're trying to, you don't know these songs. You're trying to figure out what it is. You, it's new to you. And so when we talk about children worshiping with us, it's not that they need special things for them. It's that they may need a community to help them figure out how to do it well. And I want to give us the skills for that. Because in a little bit, we're going to bring the kids back in. And they're going to worship alongside of us, like you have done many times before. And I just want us as a community to know how to be the body of Christ with them well. So I'm going to give you three tips in the next 14 minutes, and I will end, bang on, 14 minutes. I will even, as a promise between you and me, put on my stargaze alarm, there you go, so that it will go off and you will know, we'll all know whether I failed or succeeded in that moment. The first thing that I think kids need for us to be a full community is a community of authentic believers. Sometimes we can feel that when we put kids in a room, it all needs to be about them, and it doesn't. Because the biggest thing that they need is to see people doing life with God. That's what they need. They need to see their parents doing life with God, and that is super hard sometimes. But they need to look around the room and say, that person's connecting with God, that person's connecting with God, that person's connecting with God. One of the biggest gifts you can give people who are new to a worshiping environment is to say, this is what it looks like for me. 
And that is easy because that's what we want to do when we come to church. So feel free to just worship because I don't know if you've ever, ever learned anything in your life from someone older than you, but you spend a lot of time watching them first. You know what I mean? I remember watching like my mother cook the, 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 the famous food that we always had, you know, the, the zucchini boats, courgette things. And I remember just watching her all the time because I was like, how do you make it taste the magic? Like I taste this and I taste that, but you must put something special in it. And I remember just watching her because I wanted to learn how to do it. And sometimes there will be people staring at you. That's okay. They're just learning. Don't worry about them being disengaged if they're watching you because they're watching the God of the universe connect with an individual who is broken and in the middle of life and it's absolutely beautiful. So first of all, feel free to be you and just worship because that is a gift to our kids. For parents, your kids need to see you worship even if it's like one person climbing on you, the other person like in your face and halfway between you're like, I like this one line. Now stop pulling on me. If it's just even one line, I have learned the skill of worshiping while walking behind a three-year-old, you know, because you don't get to stop. You never get to worship like this with under fives. But you do get to worship like this with under fives. Yes, yes, no, I know, I know. There are many times where you'll have to stop while worshiping and walking and you just go, Yes, I'll be with you in a second. God's hugging me. Thank you, God, for your hug. All right, now let's go. And then you can go and you can worship, but that shows your kid a moment of connection. And sometimes our worship journeys are that. So leap up and a connect, and then a, I have no idea what this song is. And then, oh, I love this chorus. And that is how we do it. And it's okay to do that in front of your kids. We're not modeling perfect. We're modeling ours. And as a parent, sometimes you can only reach up and grab God for a little bit and worship. But also, we as a community get to facilitate that. If you have somebody in your community that has three kids and is desperate to worship, offer to walk it with a three-year-old so that they can worship in front of their five-year-old. If we know that the parents are the primary disciples of their children and one of the most powerful things in a child's life is seeing their parent connect with God and we own that as a community. How could we change the lives of families and kids in this place if we helped facilitate every family to meet with God and every parent to authentically worship in front of their children? And it gives these kids a deeper insight into what it looks like for you because not everybody worships like their parent. Some people are super wavy. Some people are just, I'm going to sit down and stare at the floor. They're equally connecting with God. And you get to offer that. You get to help every kid who walks in here find someone who's like them. And in a world that they feel isolated and alone, that is a gift from the living God for them. You are. So one, authentically worship and help them. Two, frame for them what God is doing so often, we're like, this is good songs. Excellent. But that's not what's going on inside of us. Inside of us, God is talking to us, kissing us, like giving us hugs, talking to us. We're ranting at God about something. We have so much going on inside. From the outside, it looks like this. That's what it looks like from the outside. Inside, you're having the revelation of a lifetime. From the outside, you can't tell. And that doesn't mean you have to be like, I'm having a revelation, child, can you see? That's not what it means. What it means is, 
when you're after church, when you're talking to a kid, when you're in your life groups, your groups, and you are talking about worship, say, my favorite part about worship is closing my eyes because then God comes close to me and I'm not distracted by anything else. I'm just, it's like everything stops and it's just me and God finally and I love that. When do you and God have your stop time? And you give a little window into what it looks like for you. If you're next to a child, say, oh, 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 why don't you come, come close. See, they stop singing from the front and they say, sing a new song. All that means is you just think of what's one thing in your head that you really love about God and then you can sing it and however you want. I'm gonna do it like this. You can do it too if you want. And then do it. It takes half a sentence to show a child this is what we're doing right now and this is what's actually happening. And each one of you have the ability to do that. Whether it's for a child, whether it's somebody new who hasn't come in before, we have the capacity to unlock worship for each other because we can just explain things. Lion and the lamb, this is not about a zoo. (laughs) Just takes a moment to say, God is like a lion and a lamb. He's gentle like a lamb and he died so that we could be saved and he's like a lion because he's ferociously protective and he can conquer all things. And so we sing to him like that because we think that he's not only gentle, but he's strong. Now let's sing lion. It takes two sentences to mean that they can worship because they understand it. And you all have the capacity to do that. You don't have to be a parent. You just have to be willing to unlock it for somebody around you, whether that's someone new or whether that's a kid. Does that make sense? Don't worry about doing it perfectly. Just do it, you know, better. And the third thing is about hindrances. Um, I watched, I was watching the the Winter Olympics, which I love, by the way. I love how arrogant we get at all Olympics. You know, we go from like Olympics to like, oh my goodness, that's like four hundredths of a second down. Yeah, no, they totally messed up on that turn. I mean, that's just... (laughs) Ridiculous. Like, I've become very judgmental of, like, losers or something. I'm just like, eh, that corner is historically hard. Just don't hit it so high. Um, and uh, I don't know why I'm talking about the Summer Olympics. Uh, and, uh, and there's a scripture about throwing off all that hinders us and pursuing the race. And I think so many times the kids around us have hindrances that are really easily removable and we just don't notice. I had a child tell me once, the reason I can't worship um, on a Sunday morning is because all I can see are people's butts. <laughs> He's like, come here. And I was like, you're right. I can see the lion and the people's butts. And I thought, well, that's, that's why don't you stand on a chair? He's like, can I? I was like, absolutely sure. That kid went from totally disconnected to able to worship God because there was a hindrance that we were able to remove. Sometimes that means bringing them forward in here. Kids love being in this space. They can read all the words. Sometimes it's that there are too many words, there's too many verses. And so I can say, what I do when I can't read that fast, because most of the time if you're reading, it's hard to worship. So I say, sometimes I can't read that fast. I just whisper to them the summary. This is all about God's love. And then we're going to sing the chorus because they know the chorus. So I'll say, so I just close my eyes and I list all the things about God that I love. And then we can all sing the chorus together. And I just give them coping mechanisms so that they're not trapped into reading. Whatever is the hindrance, just help them leap over it. There are so many little hindrances that stop our kids that you can spot. Because some of us as parents are trying to wrangle four kids. And we don't notice that hindrance, but you can. And as parents, you can help us spot those too. So as the kids come back in, be 
be the community that they need, who sees them, who needs them, who says, I'm so excited that you're back because we are going to experience a a greater blessing because we are family in front of God with all of our bits together. There's so many times Jesus, before he went to the cross, was praying for us to be one as he and the Father are one. This one thing is a big deal, and when we do it, God comes in something special. So be excited that they're coming back and say, I'm gonna authentically bring the fullness of me here. Help each other so that parents can, can invest in their kids, be around it, be willing to help frame what things are for kids, and help spot their hindrances so that everybody who comes in this place can feel needed, loved, wanted, part of the whole, and be able to access worship in their own way. You worship in your own way. Kids will worship in their own way. It's okay. It doesn't have to look like anything else but them. Sometimes they will stand and stare at the band. And it's amazing. I have seen a, I've seen a kid stand and stare at the band. And 10 years later, that person's a worship leader. Not because I ever saw them be the biggest dancer in worship, but because they were fascinated with what the spirit was doing amongst the band. We're not pushing them to look like anything. We're helping them access God in the way that it looks like for them. So, I don't know how you are about getting into swimming pools, but um, I uh, went uh, on holiday to Israel and I've noticed there are different types of people. You have the, um, I am going to go inch by inch and then get used to that level. Who is that person? The one who like, you go, ah, it's fine. No, you go on. I'm just going to wait until it feels like I'm accommodated to it. And then, and then you just like do that for like 20 minutes or something ridiculous. <laughs> Not that I'm judging. Uh, and then you reach like certain levels and then it's like, ha, 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 and then you try to keep it out, which I don't understand, like either get in or not. Anyways, uh, you do that. So you have the tiptoey people. Uh, you have the people who are like, I'm going to blow in. And then I don't know why, but you feel like you have to like go in through the stairs, always the stairs, but you're going to go in the stairs. You have the people who are just like, it'll be fun and sort of jump in. However, who's the jumpy any people? All right, good. Who are the, I'm going to be determinedly slow, but plow in through the stairs, right? And who are the tiptoe in, because for some reason that's better, slow. Interesting, okay. (laughs) However you get into the pool often is however you handle new stuff. And so as the kids come back in, I just want you to be gentle with yourselves and notice your thing. If you're the tiptoe I'm going to get accommodated to this thing, don't feel that you now have to frame everything for a child, find a family, do everything instantly. If you're a tiptoe in person, be like, I'm going to authentically worship in front of a kid, and maybe instead of standing up there, I'm going to come and sit down here in the midst of children and ignore them and worship just so that they have access to the face of somebody who's worshiping authentically. Just take your little tiptoe, feel comfortable, feel comfortable, feel comfortable. If you're the, I'm going to plow in, figure out what, you, what that looks like for you, or I'm going to plow in, I'm going to find a family, I'm going to help them, or I'm going to do that. If you're a jump in, woo, you know, you... Come up here, grab a flag, go for it, man. Whatever, whatever is you, I don't want you to be anybody else but you because we are the body of Christ and you have to be the authenticness of you. I just want you to be also be connected to each other. And so I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna bring the kids in and we're just gonna worship together as one and God is gonna come and meet with us and you're gonna go on your own worship journey and we're gonna experience God as one big community because we have been woven together since the beginning of time and we will be woven together to the end of time and beyond and we're gonna have a little bit of heaven side by side.
Father God, I thank you that you've woven us together. I thank you that young and old, new to this whole thing, and been in it for hundreds of years, God, I thank you that no matter where we are, we are a valuable and irreplaceable part of the body of Christ. I thank you that you have put us together side by side and that you love your family and that you are faithful to come. And I thank you for the deep joy that we experience when the kids are with us. So God, right now, teach us how to be a community who worships you authentically, linked together side by side, getting to know more of your heart for us, that we may lavish our hearts upon you and that we may be one as you, Jesus, and the Father are one. Come now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For all the latest information about what's happening in the life of our church, or if you have any questions or comments, head over to BelfastCityVineyard.com.